Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, welcome everybody. Here we go. Our last week of our series, I get knocked down, but I get up again and again and again and again. We're getting back up again. Why are we doing this series? I want us to come out of lockdown stronger. Uh, We're deeper in our faith, closer to our God. Our character has grown and endured. And I believe that lockdown can do just that. In fact, that's what Paul said about trials, troubles, adversity. Let's pick up the verse 1 James, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, come on, Paul, we, 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 we've heard this voice before, but it's hard to embrace unless we fully understand what Paul is trying to say. Whatever trials you face, whether it's physical, whether it's a spiritual trial, whether it's lockdown, whether it's an illness or financial, consider it joy. What? Why? Why can Paul be so bold in this promise? Because you know these prove your faith. Trials prove your faith. It helps you not to give up. Learn well just how to wait so you'll be strong and complete and in need of nothing. A great commentary, Matthew Henry says it this way. We should not pray so much for the removal of affliction as for the wisdom to make a right use of it. You see, when we go through trials, when we go through lockdown, good news, bad news. Who who wants the good news? Who wants the bad news? The good news is we discover strengths we didn't know we had. Bad news, we discover weaknesses we need to work on. Uh, Often we ask in lockdown, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? The better question we should be asking is, what is God revealing? What is God showing you? What is God exposing in your life, your character and your faith? What about you? What's, what's something you've discovered? A strength or maybe a weakness you need to work on? Maybe it's just getting cranky with the kids. Um, maybe there's some fear, anxiety, you're worried. Well, what is it? that this trial is revealing in you. You see, resilience is the ability for a person to readily recover from trials. None of us are perfect. We've all got areas we need to grow on. But resilience is about identifying and overcoming because on the other side of trials, that's where success lies. Thomas Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts in inventing the light bulb. A thousand. Yet he didn't quit. He didn't get give up. He got up again and again and again. Henry Ford went bankrupt five times before he became the largest car manufacturer. Michael Jordan, here's what he said. I've missed more than nine thousand shots in my career, lost over 300 games, 20 
Six times I've missed the final shot to win the game. I've failed over and over and over again. That's why I succeed. Come on, somebody. Van Gogh sold only one painting in his entire life for 50 bucks. But that didn't stop him from completing over 800 paintings, one of which sold for a hundred and $10 million alone. The Bible is full of countless examples of overcoming trials. Really, that's the whole picture of the Bible is God restoring mankind back to him. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, yet they overcame. Cain murdered his brother, yet he overcame. Noah had the entire planet destroyed. Talk about lockdown, Noah in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights, yet he overcame. Job lost everything, family, wealth, friends, health, yet he overcame. Abraham had no children at 99, yet he overcame. Ishmael was rejected, cast into the desert, something he didn't deserve, wasn't his fault, yet he overcame. Jacob wrestles with God. And after wrestling all night, Genesis 32, 28, the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Why is that significant? Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have what? And have overcome. Here's the summary of this whole message today is that we're called to overcome. The name of God's people, Israel, came out of a struggle, a trial, an adversity. In fact, the name Israel means God prevails. You see, trials help us realize we need God. Trials help us realize we can't do it on our own. Trials help us to overcome when we realize we can be overcomers through Christ. John 3, 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So today, how do we overcome these trials of lockdown? How do we show resilience God's way? Because as we all know, in lockdown, God is exposing some strengths we didn't know we had, but there's a bunch of areas God's got to work on of some weaknesses that we need to develop. So I'm going to teach you today the wrong way. I'm also going to teach you the right way through a story in Scripture where the Israelites were knocked down, some got up, and most didn't. Some overcame, unfortunately, most didn't. So if you're ready... You ready? Come on, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you really ready? I'm ready. Let's go. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. Let me give you some context. It's 715 BC. King Hezekiah, he's 25 years of age, takes over Judah and Israel. His father was a wicked king, but Hezekiah is a good guy. He decides to turn the hearts of the people back to his God by celebrating Passover. What, what does that mean? Well, Passover is this deeply religious celebration 
It commemorated the time, commemorated the time rather, when God spared the lives of the firstborn of Israel from the death angel in Egypt. And after 430 years of slavery, God released his people. And so they celebrate this year after year after year to remember the goodness, the strong hand, the mercy, the love of their God. Now, the Israelites had been prevented from celebrating Passover for for many, many years because the Assyrian army had taken over and because of his father, they weren't celebrating. So finally, Hezekiah takes charge. He says, "Okay, we're going to remember where it all started, that our God delivered us. We're going to celebrate Passover. 2 Chronicles 30. Hezekiah sent word to all of Israel and Judah and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, inviting them to come to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. This Passover festival wasn't temporary or impulsive. It was this deep-seated change of heart for the children of Israel. It's a deliberate reminder of the central act of redemption of the Old Testament where God came through for the Israelites. In the same way, communion for you and I in the New Testament as believers is a deliberate reminder of the central act of redemption of the New Testament. Well, what's that? It's the cross. We're freed, not from physical slavery, but spiritual slavery. We're freed through the cross of Jesus Christ. I can't wait till we gather together. I think the first thing we're going to do when we meet in person in church, we're going to have communion. All right, We're just going to remember and celebrate corporately the faithfulness of our God. Let's continue on in verse 10. The runners went from town to town throughout Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as the territory of Zebulun, but most Well, let me underline that word. You can see it on the screen. But most of the people just laughed at the runners and made fun of them. However, some people from Asher, Manasseh and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. There's two responses we see from God's people as Hezekiah the king turns their hearts back to their God by celebrating Passover. Most laughed, showed contempt. Some humbled themselves and went. We're going to look at these two responses. I think we're going to find that we today, thousands of years later, respond the same way. There's a right way, there's a wrong way. There's a right way to respond in adversity when we get knocked down, and there's a wrong way. Firstly, the wrong way. The wrong way to respond in a trial or adversity is this, to become hard-hearted, to become hard-hearted. That's what these Israelites did. They laughed, they mocked, they showed contempt. They had become hard-hearted. Have you ever noticed in adversity, you get frustrated, right? We can become cynical and we become callous and it's kind of cold and mean and pressure can put us in a shell and isolation. We can withdraw. 
if we're not careful, the pain that comes with trial and troubles and adversity can cause us to put up a guard, a wall, this defensive mechanism. And as a result, we become hard-hearted. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. We see earlier in verse 6 that the king's command, couriers went, couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the king and from his officials, which read, People of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Isn't that amazing? That that name Israel was changed from Jacob, means struggle. God delivers us. And he may return to you who are left, who have escaped from the hand of the king of Assyria. Don't be like your parents and your fellow Israelites who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, so that he made them an object of horror, as you see. Verse 8. Don't be stiff necked as your ancestors were. You see, these people responded by laughing and showing contempt. And it's almost like Hezekiah knew that he would have a challenge on his hand, gaining the hearts and the respect of the people of Israel to return to the Lord. And so he foreshadowed this by commanding them, don't be stiff necked. Well, what does stiff necked mean? Well, when an ox was used to plow the field, the plow person would have a stick. And on the end of a stick was this iron uh, tip. And they would use that to guide the ox. They would put the iron tip in the necks of the oxen and they would guide it. Now, if there was an ox that was hard to control, it was called stiff neck because it wouldn't respond to the touch of the prodding. So stiff-necked means people who are stubborn, hard-hearted, unteachable. They resist the Holy Spirit. And the challenge is in adversity and trials and troubles, we can become the same. We can become stiff-necked. We can become kind of callous, cold. We can become hard-hearted. We, we start to be defensive. We blame others. We think we have this victim mindset. Lockdown will never end. How are we ever going to recover from this? God will never answer my prayers. No one cares about me. No one called me. Don't be stiff-necked. I'm not sure where your heart is at the moment. I know there's challenges beyond belief. I know there's pain that some people have never faced in their lifetimes. But let me encourage you, our God is enough. He's a God that has seen his people through trials, tribulations, adversity, all through scripture. He is a one that can help us to overcome no matter what we face if we don't become stiff-necked, if we don't become hard-hearted. If you were to ask a friend or a spouse, what's your attitude like lately? Are you soft are you kind? Are you sweet? Are you thoughtful? Are you open? Are you caring? Or have you become a bit callous, a bit hard, a, a bit tough? Don't be stiff-necked. Are we good with that? The wrong way to respond when we get knocked down is to be stiff-necked. Now we're going to look at the right way. And this is the way I'm praying that all of us our children, 
uh, the, the, the people in our church and outside of our church. Uh, people w- w- would just respond as they sense God's love and their grace the right way. What is the right way? Well, the wrong way, as we discussed, is to be hard-hearted. The right way is to stay yielded to the Lord, to stay yielded to the Lord. We'll repeat that verse 8 in Chronicles 30. Now, do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but what? But yield yourself to the Lord. Yield is to give, it's to grant, it's to permit, it's to submit, it's to devote, it's to yoke. When they would yoke oxen together, the yoke was a wooden piece of timber that would lock two oxen together. To yield is to lock yourself to the presence of God, to lock yourself to the scriptures and the promises, to lock yourself into God's goodness and his greatness. When the king called the people to the Passover, he said most of the people just laughed. Most just laughed. They were hard-hearted. However, some. Isn't it interesting that most didn't respond correctly to lockdown? I think I see a lot of this, that most people, they're really taking it hard. And most people are struggling. However, some humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. There was this separating that happened with the children of Israel when they were called to return to the Lord. Mostly the reception among the remnant of the northern kingdom was not warm. They were hard-hearted. They'd lost their faith. They'd lost their confidence. They'd lost their way. But some remained yielded. It takes resilience to stand for God, especially when individuals around us might be hard-hearted or stiff-necked. It's easy to get caught up in the masses. It's easy to have the fear and the worries and to follow the majority. But God is calling us to humble ourselves, to yield ourselves, to remain close and strong with our God. I believe God is calling us as a church in lockdown to continue to yield ourselves to the Lord. Yielding might mean staying in his presence, keeping disciplined in prayer, keeping focused in reading scripture, watching the words of your mouth, meditating on his goodness, worshiping him, staying yielded to the Lord. Staying yielded, one great way to stay yielded is to take communion. Maybe that's something you can do today as a family, or you can do this week. It's a sign that you're submitting yourself to God, our deliverer. Yielding, humble, teachable. What about you today as we've gone through a great difficult time of lockdown that's not over by any means? But we look at all through Scripture and through adversity, God is doing something wonderful and something great, I believe, in His church. And how we come out of lockdown depends on our attitude in lockdown. What is it that this trial God is showing you that kind of pleases you with the strength, 
Well, what is it that might be concerning you with a weakness today? Let's measure our heart and not be stiff-necked. No one is allowed to be stiff-necked. No rude, hard, cold, angry people, right? We are loving, considerate, kind and soft. And today I pray that we would all stay yielded. Yielded to our God in the middle of pressure. Yielded to our God to keep our faith. Yielded to Him and His Word. Yielded to our God. I pray as a church, when we come out of lockdown at some point, we will, that we will come out not stiff-necked, but we will come out yielded and humbled. And we'll come together and we'll have communion and we'll corporately celebrate the goodness of our God who stood with us, who is for us, and whose strength helped us to overcome. Father, I pray for every person who might be listening to this message today. I pray that we would take inventory of our heart that we would not drift into being stiff-necked, but we would stay yielded, humble, sweet in your presence, I pray. Still praying for those of you, some of you have not yielded yourself to the Lord. You're like, Miles, I don't even know what this whole yielded thing means. It's actually what needs to take place for salvation. You see, the gospel is this. We were born with a hard heart. We're born with this thing called sin. All of us were separated from God. So Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. The holy, righteous Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. He, he was died on the cross. He rose again, defeated death and sin so our sins could be forgiven. But for that to happen, we have to yield. We have to submit. We have to surrender. And maybe today it's time for you to say, God, I can't do this anymore. I've got nowhere else to go but to turn to you. Would you yield yourself to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Would you pray this prayer with me today? Jesus, I yield myself to you. I've tried everything my own way. The, the pressures are too much. I surrender. I yield. I turn my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Change me to be more like you and help me to follow you all the days of my life. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless.